Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, September the 26th. Uh, and with that, Monday Night Football last night, uh, of course, uh, Philadelphia, the Eagles, uh, help out the Saints a little bit, knock off the undefeated uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a score of 25-11. to 11. That was the first game on the tube last night, and uh, the Eagles uh, took care of pretty much business as uh, they pulled ahead uh, early and maintained that lead uh, with that. And uh, didn't see much of the game, but understood there was some inclement weather, some rain, I think, down in Tampa uh, during the course of yeah. that game. Uh, don't know and if it Jalen was... Hurts uh, played through some flu-like symptoms. Yeah, too. I saw that. Uh, didn't know what that uh, entailed, but... Uh, Anyway, he played pretty uh, pretty well in that game last night. Uh, but the uh, late game, uh, the Rams uh, uh, just uh, Joe Burrow didn't look like himself early in the game, and uh, of course uh, the Bengals picked it up in the second half and uh, finally broke out ahead of uh, the Rams and uh, ended up winning the Rams score a late touchdown to uh, make it close. But uh, Cincinnati pretty much controlled the game in the second half uh, with that. uh, uh, And while Joe didn't look fantastic, at least he didn't further injure uh, the calf. He feels as though he didn't do it any harm. And, you know, he he made a statement that I I really appreciate uh, because too many players, and we hear about these uh, running backs who think they want to feign injuries uh, as sort of a, a strike, but he said, uh, my fear of injury was much less than my fear of going 0-3. <laughs> he did. I heard him And, and that. that's, that's fantastic. Uh, I, I want to hear more of that. Uh, but you know, we, those of us here who've been following his uh, brief career here at LSU and then his first few years with Cincinnati have come to expect things like that. Yeah, and he, uh, of course, earlier... Earlier in the, I guess, uh, late last week, the uh, Bengals uh, thought about putting him on IR uh, to give him some rest and all, but uh, looks like they backed off on it, uh, let him play last night. An unusual game. He was 26 out of 49, 259 yards. Uh, with that, he was sacked twice. He had one interception, but on a fantastic uh, interception for that matter. Uh, but uh, the Bengals go ahead and get on the uh, win side. Uh, they're well, one and two now. But uh, Joe Burrow, uh, we'll see uh, how the uh, Bengals uh, move forward last night. And a uh, big game out of Chase, uh, his uh, wide receiver. And I think uh, Higgins uh, went down. Uh, I think he went into the locker room late into the uh, either third or early in the fourth quarter. Uh, so one of his other wide receivers, Joe Mixon, ran the ball pretty effectively last night on a touchdown run of uh, a little more than 10 yards, I think, uh, to put the uh, Bengals up. Uh, but it, uh, we'll see how things uh, transpire with uh, Joe Burrow as uh, he nurses that calf, and uh, which he injured. Uh, and uh, before even the exhibition season started, uh, the preseason, and uh, didn't play in any games. He's still a little rusty, but uh, he'll pick it up uh, just a fine quarterback that, that the Bengals have. And, of course, this game last night was a, a game of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and the Bengal fans wanted a little revenge, and they got it in a 19-16 score uh, last night. Meanwhile, in the first game, as I mentioned, uh, the Eagles did the Saints a favor. Now all the NFC South uh, uh, teams are, uh, have at least one loss. Of course, Carolina 0-3. Uh, the Falcons suffered their first loss also over the weekend. So uh, uh, at one time, all three of them were undefeated at 2-0. and Each one has at least a loss now, and that's uh, Atlanta, the Saints, uh, along with Tampa Bay. Meanwhile, uh, news out of New Orleans. Didn't see a whole heck of a lot. Uh, Jeff, maybe you might have uh, seen that with Derek Carr. Uh, of course, uh, Carr has been a sprained AC joint and is uh, week to week. Of course, coming out of New Orleans, uh, the Saints quarterback Derek Carr sprained his AC uh, right AC joint and is considered a week to week. With Coach Dennis Allen said Monday, Allen did not rule out uh, Carr for Sunday's game against Tampa Bay, but the team will be cautious with the quarterback, and it would be a surprise if he played next week. Uh, some sources told some of the national media. Anyway, uh, of course, Jameis Winston uh, would face Tampa Bay, his former team, if Carr is unable to go. Allen said that Carr felt better Monday morning and that he'll continue to be evaluated throughout the week. We're not making any decisions today. We're not ruling out anything, uh, uh, Coach said, and uh, we'll see where we're at as the week goes on. Meanwhile, Allen did not specify the grade of the sprain, 
All I can tell you is that he was much better today than he was yesterday. We're going to continue to evaluate him. Uh, and when he's healthy enough, we can go out and perform and we'll do things that he needs to do to give our team a chance to win. Then uh, he'll be back in there. Uh, car status will likely be determined by his pain tolerance, ability to function. But Allen said the uh, injury won't be made worse uh, by him playing through it. I don't think it's further risk of injury, Allen said. Uh, it's uh, can you function and do your job. Course, Carr was hurt uh, last Sunday in the third quarter of the Saints' 18-17 loss to the Packers up in Lambeau Field. Saints were up 17-0, as we all know, when he took a sack that cost him to land hard on his shoulder. Uh, he lay on the turf for several minutes. Athletic trainers tended to him. Uh, he went uh, to the medical tent. Then briefly uh, before leaving the game, Carr went to a local hospital for x-rays but flew back with the team Sunday. Winston took over in Carr's absence, completed 10 out of 16 passes for 101 yards, was able to drive the team 47 yards to the Green Bay 34 in the last three minutes of the game. But the Saints uh, rookie kicker, Blake Groupie, uh, missed a potential game-winning field goal. Uh, with that, uh, as always, Alan said, I don't think we're doing uh, really a change at all. I thought Jameis did some good things in the game. We drove ourselves down there and uh, ourselves an opportunity, and we just didn't finish after the game. Alan said the Saints needed to protect better, but he did not attribute the injury to the struggling offensive line. I think that was one play uh, I felt like uh, he kind of hung on to the ball a little bit too long, uh, course of uh, course, injury. So uh, in the meantime, uh, Saints uh, will uh, play Tampa Bay this weekend. I think the Saints are a slight pick as they've been in most of their games all year. I think the Saints are uh, basically a three-point pick as they take on uh, – the Tampa Bay comes to town both two and one. Big game for the Saints, too. They can put a little distance, start to put a little distance between some of the other teams in the NFC South uh, with that. So uh, other games uh, scheduled uh, for this weekend, Detroit at Green Bay, which uh, we'll find out both a two and one. Atlanta travels to Jacksonville. They look to get back on track after being uh, pretty much demolished by the Texans. Elsewhere, Miami and Buffalo should be the big game of the week. Uh, that The over and under of that game is only 53. I thought it'd be in the 60s, the way the Dolphins are moving the ball offensively. Of course, Buffalo with Josh Allen can put points on the board. We'll see who can come out with a win as uh, Denver. Uh, the Broncos and Sean Payton, who gave up 70 points uh, Sunday, will take on the Bears, Jeff. And, uh, of course, Denver's – Somebody's uh, got to win. That's right. And the Denver's favored by three, the over and under. That game's 46. Uh, of course, that'll be a kickoff at noon up in Chicago. Elsewhere, Baltimore travels to Cleveland. Uh, should be an interesting matchup there as uh, Baltimore suffered a defeat to the Colts last week as the Colts played pretty well against Baltimore. Of course, Cleveland uh, keeps on uh, showing the potential there. Meanwhile, Cincinnati will journey to uh, Tennessee. The Titans, who are struggling to score right now, just haven't played well. Of course, the Rams journey to Indianapolis. Washington will be at uh, Philadelphia. Uh, elsewhere, Minnesota, Carolina. That's uh, another game we'll see. Somebody's got to win, as both are 0-3 right now. Uh, Minnesota's got a three-and-a-half-point uh, pick on that one. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh travels to Houston. Uh, elsewhere, uh, the Raiders uh, will play the Chargers in L.A. Meanwhile, uh, New England journeys to Dallas. Dallas, uh, boy, just uh, the Cardinals made them look human last week in their first two games. The Cowboys just uh, beat down the Giants and then again uh, with a big win the following week. And Meanwhile, Arizona will be at San Francisco, who's uh, playing pretty well right now. They're a two-touchdown pick in an NFL game. That's that's a big line mm-hmm. as uh, the 49ers over Arizona. But, uh, heck, they beat the undefeated Cowboys who are looking like our world uh, for a couple of weeks. Meanwhile, uh, the champs, the uh, defending champs, the Kansas City, will be up in New York to play. Uh, should be an interesting game. Kansas City, nine-and-a-half-point pick and uh, a lot of speculation on Zach Wilson, and I even saw where Joe Namath had a comment they need to trade him. Uh, so uh, I'm sure the uh, fans are pretty restless up in New York. You know, we made these comments last year. Uh, you just don't find these quarterbacks, so you don't pick them off a tree. It's not, you know, you, you invested a lot in bringing in Aaron Rodgers, and maybe they underestimated uh, the backup situation they had. I, I don't know. Not um, going to speculate. Uh, I, I don't know enough about Zach Wilson, but he was a pretty high draft pick and he had was. been expected to be the quarterback of the future there. 
And then you bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You hope he gets to study under Aaron for a year, maybe two, and and then maybe he's he's ready to go and be that guy you thought he would be. But the bottom line is there there you know there aren't a bunch of Tom Brady's out there just waiting for an opportunity. You know, it's, yeah, they, they'd have jobs right now if they were out there. And the and the fun thing, uh, Saint fans were spoiled by one of the finest quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL for for the Saints for what fifteen sixteen years. Drew Brees played with the Saints, and uh, it's just hard to pass a guy like that. Uh, you know, when you the Saint after he retired after the uh, twenty season uh, and moved on, uh, the Saints have gone through uh, one year they played what four quarterbacks, I believe, uh, as uh, searching as quarterbacks to get hurt, but. Uh, Saint fans, we were spoiled, and uh, we all knew that was coming. Uh, same thing with uh, the Patriots. Tom Brady play, playing almost 20 years for the Patriots and moving on to Tampa Bay and wins a, uh, a championship. Uh, but in the meantime... There, uh, there are very few situations like Green Bay was blessed with. Uh, they had uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers back-to-back, and they were consistent winners for uh, better than two decades. That's so, right. You know, it's... It's it's rare. It's rare. Yeah, and, and that it is, and uh, we'll see. Anyway, other games, uh, the game Monday night. Uh, Sunday night game, of course, is Kansas City at the Jets. That should be interesting. Meanwhile, the Monday night game next week is Seattle uh, taking on the Giants, uh, who looked uh, atrocious in that first game against Dallas, but they came back to win a game. They beat the Cardinals. Uh, they were down, I think, uh, what, 21 nothing against the Cards and come back to win. I think 31-28 or 35-28 as they beat the Cards. Uh, Seattle 2-1 right now. So next uh, Monday night, uh, uh, 7-15 kickoff. No doubleheader uh, this particular week. Uh, next week as we had two for the last uh, uh, couple weeks, uh, doubleheaders on Monday night. But uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll see what prevails uh, with that. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh no, now it's time for Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> but I tell you, I'm, I'm still shocked that ABC, um, most of their uh, network affiliates have Wheel of Fortune in that 6.30 time slot, which is, for local affiliates, that 6.30 time slot is huge because it leads into prime time. It, it's something that the networks usually don't mess with, but they did last night. I was uh, shocked. Yeah, that they did. So, uh in the meantime, uh, college football uh, also taking over now uh, with uh, hey heading into the fifth week. Of course, uh, the Tigers uh, journey to Oxford to take on Ole Miss. Uh, the Cajuns uh, head up to Minnesota to take on the uh, Golden Gophers. Minnesota, a 13-point pick in that game, while LSU, uh, uh, I want to say, was a seven-point pick uh, against, and that's a 5 o'clock game, I do believe, uh, Saturday uh afternoon uh on uh espn lsu a three-point pick uh so don't know if the line much the line moves or that was original yeah it came out uh, uh pretty much as uh, a two-point pick and it's moved up a little bit and bounced back down but as of this morning right now lsu a three-point pick over uh the rebels of course the rebels uh and by the way lsu's uh, next game against missouri they set it for another 11 o'clock start in Baton Rouge. Ouch. Yeah. Anyway, uh, with that, the Tigers up in Oxford, uh, both teams, they match up pretty well. LSU's averaging about 43 a game, Ole Miss 42. Uh, total offense, uh, LSU at 530, uh, uh, Ole Miss at 470. Uh, passing the ball, LSU 338, uh, Ole Miss at 323. Rushing the ball, LSU 192, Ole Miss 147. Third down efficiency, uh, LSU at 58%, that's fourth in the country right now, while Ole Miss is uh, 35.4. That's 108th out of 133 teams. So uh, fourth down, Ole Miss is uh, ninth in the country. They're, uh, they're uh, I guess, successful on 80% of their fourth down tries. LSU at 50%, they're 64th. Time of possession, LSU at 30 minutes uh, and 31 seconds, 57th. Ole Miss, only 24 Oh five, uh, they're 132nd. There's only one team behind them. Defensively, LSU's giving up 25 points a game. Ole Miss giving up 18 and a half. Uh, total yards, LSU's giving up 360. Ole Miss 352. Uh, passing yards, LSU's giving up 228. Ole Miss 226. 
your rushing yards. Uh, meanwhile, LSU's given up 132 a game, while Ole Miss 125. So they're pretty much evenly matched up. But, of course, turnovers and uh, uh, errant passes uh, probably is going to decide that game, uh, as it usually does uh, with that. So um, interesting contest. Meanwhile, the Cajuns uh, are going to travel up uh, north. I don't know if they've ever played uh, Minnesota in uh, a ball game, but uh, I was trying to find my uh, notes on that uh, with the Cajuns uh, journeying up to Minnesota to take on the Golden Gophers, who have had uh, a little success. Golden Gophers, uh, two and two on the year. Meanwhile, the Cajun, of course, with a big win last week uh, against Buffalo, had to hold on, though, for a 30, uh, I think, a, a, a 45 to 38 win. Uh, meanwhile, some of the action there, UL's averaging almost uh, 39 points a game. That's 21st in the country. Uh, the Golden Gophers at 21. 478 UL's offensive production, 478 yards a game, which is 19th in the country. Uh, the Golden Gophers, 341. UL's passing 241 a game. The Golden Gophers right at 150. Rushing yards, UL 237. The Golden Gophers, 191. Third down efficiency, the Cajuns at 39%, Golden Gophers at 41 uh, Fourth down, the Cajuns at 57%. Uh, meanwhile, the Golden Gophers at 80%. Time of possession, they're about even 30 minutes for UL, 31-49 for the Golden Gophers. Defensively, UL's given up uh, about uh, uh, 27 and a half points a game. The Golden Gophers are uh, 21 uh, total yards UL gives up about 335, while uh, Golden Gophers 365. Uh, passing yards UL uh, gives up uh, 208. Golden Gophers 250 a game. That's yards. And rushing yards UL gives up 127 a game, while the Golden Gophers give up 115. So another evenly contest there as uh, the Cajuns look to improve on their three and one record. Golden Gophers at two and two right now. And, uh, of course, the Cajuns under a New Iberian native uh, head football coach, Michael Desimo, uh, look to uh, increase that and uh, stay on those winning ways after beating UAB two weeks ago and then uh, Buffalo last week. Uh, of course, they journey up to take on one of the Big Ten teams, and I'm not so sure UL's ever played a Big Ten team, if I look back over the years, that uh, with the Cajuns. So, uh, and mm-hmm. I can't recall. Of course, the Golden Gophers years ago had a lot of success and the last, they won a national. They won more than one national championship during the era, and with Bernie Beerman up there in Minnesota, and then uh, they won one in 1960. Believe it or not, I think they lost in the Rose Bowl game, but they were the last national champion to lose two games until LSU did it uh, a few years ago when Les Miles, I think, lost two games that year. And uh, so, uh, anyway. 2007 season? Yeah. Six so, or seven Yeah, season. I think LSU got beat by Kentucky during the year and then came back and got beat by Arkansas later on, but went on to win the uh, SEC championship and then uh, uh, play for a national and, championship. And got a little game. help on that last Saturday, That's too. right, too. Yeah. I think, who was it? West Virginia got beat by Pittsburgh or somebody it's, like that uh, late. Sounds right. Yeah, Pittsburgh and, yeah, was a key. Yeah, and uh, with that, uh, West Virginia only had uh, one loss at the time. It looked like they were going to advance to the championship game, but got beat, and LSU blew by them. So in the meantime. Uh, by the way, that UL game at 11 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Yeah, so if you have a sports package with some of these uh, uh, cable networks, you'll probably be able to watch that game, too. Uh, so uh, usually they show three or four or five games through these packages. I know I have one myself. And I'm able to watch gee, a good 15, 20 games over the weekend. So, anyway, just about time to take our first break here on Bayou Sports. Uh, we'll have uh, head football coach Terry Martin on with us uh, in the next segment, uh, talking about his Lorville Tigers and a big game they have uh, coming up for the Tigers. In the meantime, you'll listen to Bayou Sports here on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. 
That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answertopain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, September the 26th. As on the line with us is uh, Tiger Head football coach uh, from Warville, Terry Morgan. Good morning, coach, and welcome to Bayou Sports. Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing this morning? Well, so far, so good. Uh, anyway, coach, uh, boy, raindrops keep falling on your head. Did, did y'all have uh, inclement weather uh, this past Friday when you took on uh, North Vermillion? Not at all, man. Uh, you know, actually, it was one of our Thursday games of the year. That's right. And, uh, you know, with all the, you know, the, the drama and things that go on, having to play a day earlier, you know, it didn't dawn on me till uh, Friday night. You know, uh, after I finished, we finished most of our film work. I got back home, and as the games were getting ready to start, you know, I, I started hearing about all the weather delays that were happening. And, and you know, as, as aggravating as sometimes a Thursday game could be, you know, I leaned over to my wife and said, "And thank God we played last night because it seemed like everybody in our area was having delays." So. Uh, so it actually kind of worked out in our favor this time. Well, Coach, uh, one for our listeners, why don't you give us a little recap of your game last Thursday night against uh, North Vermillion? Man, it, it kind of turned out exactly the way I thought it would. Uh, last year, you know, we jumped out on them pretty quickly and, and, and had a, a comfortable lead. But uh, it, it was the first year that they had gone to more of a run-based offense. Actually, there were more wing T last year. And uh, they, they kind of stuck to their guns, kept running the ball, kept running the ball, and ended up, you know, Put, really putting it to us and, and, and winning at the end of the game. So, uh, you know, now with a new head coach, uh, not quite the same offense, but a lot of the same philosophy uh, where, you know, they're more of an option-based offense. And uh, I knew they were going to run the ball. Uh, I knew we were going to have trouble, you know, slowing them down for four quarters because they really didn't have any guys that they played both ways. And uh, obviously with a 4A school versus a 2A school and with all the 2A, 2A guys we have, you know, I, I knew it was going to be tough. Uh, to their credit, they came out in, in a slightly different formation from what we had seen on film. And I want to say they ran more of a cross buck, which is a, is a basic uh, play in the wing T offense. Even though it wasn't a wing T formation, it was in one of their formations. But I want to say they ran to play six plays in a row to start the game and rattled off three or four, uh, four first downs right away. And, uh, you know, it took us a little while to get adjusted. Uh, one of the things I was concerned with, Playing an option offensive, if, if you know, if our guys don't stick exactly to their assignment, then then they can hit some big plays on them, and they kind of did that. Uh, you know, not having an extra day to work on it, it hurt us, I think. And it wasn't until the end of the game that a couple of our defensive ends really started squeezing on some of those down blocks, and we ended up having a big stop when when two or three of our guys finally, at the end of the night, played this option correctly. And we got them to turn the ball over. I want to see what we're on about our, they were getting ready to score in our 10 or 12 yard line. And so that's how we were able to close out the game. Uh, we probably missed a few opportunities, uh, early on. I want to say we had at least three possessions where we had a guy open, uh, we, we had a, a decent play called and we didn't quite execute it the right way. And, and, you know, once again, you know, as we've done a couple times this year, we left some points on the board, but fortunately, uh, one of those drives, I want to say we're probably about our own 20-yard line going in, and we ran a particular play where we missed the guy who was open. 
and uh, came up with a stop. And then in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, turned around and the very next drive, ran the same exact play on first down, but just play action did this time. And uh, well, luckily we hit it for about an 80-yard touchdown. So, uh, and that was the difference in the game. You know, we ended up winning 17-10. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, uh, we, we pretty beat up right now. Uh, you play a team like that, you know, that's going to run the ball consistently and as physical as it is. I think yesterday when we practiced, uh, we had four starters who, who were watching. Uh, two or three, I think we're going to get back. Two for sure we'll get back. One, the third, I'm not sure if we will or not. And the fourth, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have for a while. Uh, our sophomore, Blake Delcom, he starts at corner and he also plays a lot of slot receiver for us. He has a, uh, you know, what could end up being a pretty significant injury. He did an MRI yesterday and we'll find out for sure. So I don't know if we'll get him back for a while. But, uh, you know, again, you know, we're pretty beat up right now. So hopefully we can get those guys ready for Friday and, uh, and, and ready to go again. Well, you travel to Welsh to take on, is it the Greyhounds, I believe? Uh, Correct. The Welsh yeah. Greyhounds. And, uh, with that, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that team and what you expect to see from them offensively and defensively? They, uh, they actually, uh, they had a new head coach last year who did a really good job. I want to say they went nine and one. Uh, I think they were undefeated until they ended up playing Notre Dame for the district title and ended up losing that game. But they, uh, they returned some pretty explosive players on offense. Uh, they're more of a, a spread, uh, you know, a, a spread shotgun based offense. Uh, they do a lot of checks at the line. You know, they'll wait and see what you're lined up in before they call the play. And so most of the time, they're putting themselves in a good play based on what you're lined up. And so, uh, you know, we got some concerns about how we're going to slow them down. Uh, they got a very athletic quarterback. One stays probably about 6-1, uh, a couple of really good receivers, a good running back. So we're going to have our hands full, definitely, trying to slow down this offense. Where they seem to have lost a few more guys, uh, they were pretty good on defense last year. Uh, I know they had several shutouts on their season, but they, they, they've lost a few more guys defensively. So I'm hoping that we can hold on to the ball uh, a little bit longer because a lot of times, you know, as, as you all, all well know, uh, you know, best, that your best defense can be offense if you can stay on the field and keep the other team's offense off the field. So that's kind of what the game plan will be. Uh, again, it's another long trip. Uh, last time we took that long trip when we went to the Quincy, we had some, if you all remember, that really bad weather came in. Uh, it really delayed us. We got there late. We, we weren't able to do a full warm-up. And everything kind of went downhill from there. You know, we we're fortunate enough to win. But uh, this offense, again, is way more explosive. So hopefully, you know, things can, you know, we, we can get on the road at the right time, not have a lot of traffic uh, because, again, we, like I said, we're going to have our hands full. You know, it's a really exciting offense to watch, and it will be one that's tough to stop. You know, getting back to last week's game, I noticed in the box score you, you got the ball to a lot of different receivers. Uh, is that the game plan or, uh, you know, an embarrassment of riches there or what? No, I wouldn't say that. In my opinion, as far as when we have the ball in my career, I'm, there's never, never an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> I always wish we had a few more playmakers. But uh, and, you know, just again, you know, it's more about, you know, some games you have guys that are hot, next game is different guys, and it's all based on, you know, with, with the quarterbacks on what they give you. Uh, you know, a lot of times we'll go into it. Uh, I'll have an idea of where the ball's probably going to go. But, again, and we'll talk about that on the sideline. We'll look at the instant replay. But sometimes it doesn't work out that way, and they, they just have to make the reads and go through it. As I mentioned previously, that, that first time we ran this certain play and we had a guy wide open. And, and so I immediately got Hayden on the sideline, showed him the, the replay, and, and I said, look, you know, if you throw this ball, it's a touchdown. But in hindsight, that may have actually helped us because when we turned around and ran the same play, the safety bit on the guy that we threw the ball on the previous drive, which left the outside post wide open. And then, uh, you know, again, John Munlin is a tall kid. He actually runs really well for his size, and uh, he hasn't played in two years. You know, so I think there's still a lot, a lot of untapped potential that he has. He still has a lot of work to do in the fundamentals. But, but, I mean, when I say a fingertip catch, when, when Hayden let the ball go, I thought it was overthrown. You know, I said, here we, we're going to loop, you know, we're going to blow a short touchdown. Somehow he got to it, and, when, and like I said, it looked like his fingernails. Or what grabbed the ball, and the corner that was chasing him, if he dives at his legs, I think he tackles him. But it's like if initially he tried to punch the ball out, and, and he tried to then, you know, try to grab the jersey, and then, you know, he struggled for, he chased John for 40 yards, and I think if he dives, he, he tackles him. But luckily for us, he didn't. 
And, uh, you know, so again, a, a, a good throw, a really good catch. And, and just for John to, to make that catch and maintain his balance. Uh, cause, you know, he has to reach out so far for it. He kind of stumbled a couple of steps, but, you know, luckily he, he was able to hold on to the ball and, and, and finish the play. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, you know, really nice looking play. But again, it, it's just, you know, what, what they've given us and going through their reads and that, that's where they're going to go with the ball. Yeah. I made a, maybe not in the way runs after, uh, catch, but, Similar catch uh, against Erath, uh, that win for a big score, too. Right, right. He actually scored twice against Erath. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, yeah. And, again, and I, what I'm telling you, just really kind of clueless right now, you know, he's just learning the offense and just starting to figure things out. Whenever he does, I really think he can be a big weapon for us. And another person who's just quietly, uh, you know, you haven't been hearing much about him, but he's been really solid, is, is uh, Maddox Savoy. He's a junior running back. Uh, you know, he's got decent speed, but really he, he's one of those, those kids that, uh, you know, just hard to bring down. Uh, he's probably about 190, 195. He has been really solid for us in every game we've played, especially late in the game, breaking tackles. You know, he won't have the, he hasn't had the 200 yard rushing night yet, but he's quietly been around 100 or a little over in all of our games and, uh, just a really tough kid. And, uh, you know, he's really helping us out right now. And hopefully, you know, he can continue doing that because I think, you know, especially the farther you get, towards the end of the season in the playoffs, you really have to have somebody that can get those tough yards when, when you need to kill the clock and, and, and run the timeout. So, uh, you know, he's been doing a really good job for us, and, and I'm hoping he can continue doing that too. Yeah, I, the box score I'm looking at, about seven yards per carry on Thursday night with a chance to have right, right. Uh, that kind of yards per carry. Right. And, and again, like, like I said, nothing flashy. Uh, you know, he, he's a kid that, uh, that you know, my dad, uh, before my dad passed away, he used to talk about him. They were... His family was in the same hunting camp, deer hunting camp that my daddy was. And he's always told me about this little kid that played football in the yard with the older kids. He said, this little sucker's tough. He said, I've seen him run into two or three trees. He bounces off, you know, and, and, and he keeps on going. And it's kind of funny because that's, that's, you know, kind of what he's doing right now, you know, just being a real tough running back for us. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that we have him. Anything uh, the fans need to go if they want to make that trip? Uh, nothing in particular. Uh, we do have, uh, for those who may want to uh, watch a little JV game, we, we do have Generate coming into because Welsh is so far. Normally we, we try to play the same team that we play on Friday. We try to play a, a JV game against them so you can kind of return the favor. You know, if you're playing home, then you go play JV over there for them to have kind of make a little bit of money at the gate. But uh, Welsh is obviously too far to do a JV game, so we were able to pick up Generate. They're coming to us tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, if anybody has been on Thursday, our junior high team is playing ERAP at home again at six. Uh, so we have a Tuesday JV game, a Thursday junior high game, and then again, our regular varsity game, uh, on Friday at Welsh, regular seven o'clock kickoff. Uh, and again, she'd be a real good high school football game. I'm just hoping we can get a few stops and, like I said, hold on to the ball on offense and, and, and really start executing the way we should. You know, we, we, like I, you know, every week it seems like I'm saying, you know, we left a couple of touchdowns on the field where if we just do the right thing, you know, we, we, we score. So I'm just trying to you know, improve week to week, and hopefully we can clean that up this week and get a little bit better. Real good. Well, Coach, uh, look forward to recapping it with you Saturday and again next Tuesday. And I'm pretty sure I've got uh, – is the West St. Mary game the week after that uh, that we it plan is. on broadcasting? Oh, okay. Actually, that's going to be homecoming. So uh, Excellent. There will be a lot of junk going on that week, you know, uh, but one of the favorite times for the people in Lorville, and, and as I'm sure y'all know, one of my least favorite times is here. Yeah. <laughs> you you and just, just about every other could, coach. I, I tell my wife, I wish I could just move away for a week and then come back play the game, you know, <laughs> with all the, all the stuff going on. But let's worry about Welsh first, and then we'll, we'll kind of worry about homecoming later. Absolutely. Coach, as always, thanks for joining us. All right, man. I appreciate it. Y'all take care. Uh-huh. Have a good week. You yeah, too. Good luck, Coach. Appreciate anyway, uh, yeah, sure do. So, but the Tigers are uh, doing well this year. Uh, have sustained, I believe, one loss. But in the meantime, the the polls are out in uh, Louisiana high school football. Uh, the Louisiana Sports Writers Association in five A. John Curtis uh, leads the pack. Uh, of course, they've held that spot the past few weeks. Uh, they're three and zero, followed by Edna Carr Destrahan, last year's uh, defending champ. Uh, Zachary Rustin, Karen Crow uh, comes in six. Of course, I believe Karen Crow. Is on our schedule uh, this Friday week night broadcast. Yes, and uh, taking on the Yellow Jackets, 
Elsewhere, uh, West Monroe 7th, Acadiana comes in at 8th. Ninth uh, is Airline. East St. John comes in at 10th. Uh, in the area, receiving votes, uh, Southside uh, comes in at 14th with eight votes. Uh, meanwhile, in 4A, St. Thomas Moore has held that position for uh, just a good period of time. Neville comes in at 2nd, followed by Lafayette Christian. Uh, Westgate, uh, the Westgate Tigers come in at 4th. North DeSoto, Warren Eastern, Lutcher, West Feliciana. Father Turlings comes in at 9th and 10th is Archbishop Shaw. Drawing votes uh, in our area at 11th is Cecilia. Elsewhere in the 3A poll, it's University, E.D. White, St. James, Sterlington, Gina, Union Parish. Parkview Baptist comes in at 7th, the team Catholic I beat earlier this year, 14-10. to 10. Madison Prep, John F. Kennedy, and St. Louis and the other receiving votes. Nothing in the AAA area. Meanwhile, over in uh, 2A, Calvary Baptist uh, commanding down the number one spot as they have for the last couple of weeks. St. Charles in second. Newman, Dunham, Oak Grove, Notre Dame, uh, Episcopal, uh, Baton Rouge, North Lake Christian, and Manny. Lorville comes in at number 10 at, with their 3-1 and one record. Of course, they were in 10th last week. Catholic High has jumped up with a couple big wins over higher classification teams. They come in 11th with 39 votes, followed by uh, at 13 is Ascension Episcopal out of Youngsville. In the 1A poll, uh, Washita Christian, last year's defending champ, is number one. Moving up to number two, the Vermilion Catholic Screaming Eagles, who have beaten a lot of local teams in higher classification. Southern Lab, Homer, H-O-M-E-R, up in northwest Louisiana. Kentwood, St. Martin's, Riverside Academy, Haynesville, St. Mary's, Ascension Catholic. And drawing votes uh, for the first time, I can recall, Jeff, coming in at 13th is Jetterat coming in at 13th in the Class A polls, and Centerville also at 16th in that poll. So a lot of local teams. Good luck to them this weekend, and uh, time to take our next break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Is it time? Time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hi, this is Boxcar Badgerow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Row, and Sugar Oak. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. With that, uh, don't want to forget about baseball. And uh, as the season's winding down, most teams have anywhere between five and six games left right now. Of course, uh, with that uh, in the wild card, which is where it's all about right now, as a few teams have uh, clinched uh, divisions. But in the meantime, over in the American League, uh, Tampa Bay, has uh, clinched a uh, a wild card, or I should say a playoff spot, uh, followed by Toronto, who has a game-and-a-half lead over Houston, who's kind of fading right now. The Astros did win uh, their last game. but big, big win last night. Verlander, I, I am told, was uh, his old self. 
Well, they're three and seven in their last ten, yeah. so uh, they had a slight lead there uh, over uh, in that uh, uh, in the American League uh, with their division. But it looks like uh, Texas has uh, pretty much uh, taken hold of that uh, division, that uh, the AL West, and uh, they've got a two and a half game lead. And they're on a six game winning streak, but they're six and four in their last ten. They have a three game uh, lead on the loss side. Uh, with Houston, they only have 68 losses. Houston, 71, as I've said many times on this show. You can't make up a loss, but you can make up a win. So it's crazy as that sounds. Meanwhile, Seattle's starting to fade a little bit uh, in that regard. But uh, in the wild card, it looks like uh, uh, in the American League, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Houston. Houston has a one-and-a-half game lead over Seattle uh, with that. So, And they've lost four in a row, Seattle has. They're three and seven also in their last ten. Meanwhile, Everybody else has been eliminated, so it's Houston and Seattle fighting for that last playoff spot unless Toronto starts to fade a little bit. Over in the uh, National League, the Phillies have pretty much uh, wrapped up. They've got a five-game lead over Arizona and the Cubs, who are tied for the uh, last two playoff spots. But Miami is a game back out, and the Cubs at least got back on a winning note in the last few games. They've won three in a row. They're four and six in their last ten. So we'll see how uh, and who are, who are they scheduled to play? Cubs are in Atlanta for three, and um, you know, in, interesting. Uh, you, you don't see this often, but I guess the schedule worked out. Arizona and the Yankees were rained out uh, Saturday, I believe it was, All right. or Friday, and uh, they made up that game yesterday. But they were scheduled to play the White Sox, but instead they postponed that and they pushed the series back to Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, again, uh, because they're in a race and because the schedule allowed for it. Uh, but, yeah, that's my problem. The Diamondbacks play the White Sox. And yeah. Whether or not we're going to get any help from uh, our crosstown buddies there. But the Cubs in Atlanta. And the good thing, and, again, Atlanta still has something to play for. They haven't locked in the number one seed yet. Uh, they're four up with six to go. So again, you know, it's they still got something to play for, and um, hopefully the Cubs can pull away with a win tonight, and then uh, we'll see what the Dodgers do. And maybe um, by the time this series is uh, over, they won't uh, be fighting for that top seed. Yeah, well, with that, of course, the Dodgers and uh, along with Atlanta have uh, clinched their divisions. Uh, of course, Philadelphia, Miami's on the heels of uh, in the uh, wild card in the National League. So with that, uh, still, uh, even though five or six games left, a lot of baseball to be played. A lot can happen. Uh, ask the 64 Phillies who had a, what, I think a six-game lead with ten games left to play, and they get beat out by the Cardinals. And uh, and the Reds uh, finished in second uh, behind the Cardinals along with the Phillies one game out. So uh, a lot can take place in those last few games. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Of course, uh, Tampa Bay uh, sitting pretty uh, in the wild card right now with uh, with Houston uh, and Toronto along with Seattle. Everybody else has been eliminated uh, in that regard in the American League. So it's those four teams in Seattle sitting in for uh, – they've been guaranteed a spot. Toronto, Houston, and Seattle will fight it out for uh, the next two to get in. So uh, you know, elsewhere, too, uh, in the uh, – in the National League, uh, basically, again, it's, uh, you know, the, even though San Francisco's four and a half out, eh, tough to make up four and a half games unless you're playing one of the teams that's ahead of you. Cincinnati, two and a half. The Miami, one. Of course, the Cubs and Arizona uh, equal up. They're both 82 and 74 uh, with uh, Arizona losing their last game. They're six and four in their last ten. Philadelphia, eight and two in their last ten, and uh, they're looking pretty good. They've won five in a row, so... Uh, but uh, they're pretty much, uh, even though they're not guaranteed a playoff spot, I'd say they're pretty safe right now. So uh, Major League Baseball uh, heading to the end of the year uh, with that games today. The Cardinals uh, are in Milwaukee to take on the Brewers, the Dodgers at Colorado, Cincinnati at Cleveland, Washington at Baltimore. Meanwhile, Kansas City at Detroit, Pittsburgh at Philadelphia. The Yankees take on Toronto. Tampa Bay is at Boston. Uh, Miami uh, taking on the Mets, the Cubs at Atlanta. Atlanta's already uh, chipped a hundred uh, wins mark. They're one hundred and fifty-six right now. They got Elder going tonight against Steele. Of course, Steele sixteen and five. Uh, Elder twelve and four. 
Uh, over and under that game's nine and a half. Atlanta betting favorite at minus 132. Elsewhere, Arizona trying to uh, see what they can do. Meanwhile, the uh, White Sox uh, trying to derail them. That game will be played uh, in Chicago. Uh, Oakland at Minnesota. Minnesota's already clinched. The Dodgers have already clinched. They go to Colorado. Texas and lost the Angels uh, with Altani on the shelf. So the Texas uh, right now trying to hold on to their lead uh, in the uh, AL West. Meanwhile, San Diego at uh, San Francisco and then Houston and Seattle, Jeff. That should be pretty interesting uh, matchup as these two teams right now uh, fighting uh, fighting for that uh, wild card berth uh, with Houston and Seattle. Seattle's a game and a half back. They've lost four in a row. So uh, Houston won last night, as you mentioned, Verlander pitching a pretty outstanding game. So uh, baseball far from over yet uh, as the 12 teams uh, trying to fight for playoff spots during the course of uh, baseball as the season is winding down right now. Anyway, uh, elsewhere, too, uh, I saw this at uh, about overrated and underrated college football teams. Of course, we're already in week five of the season right now, and uh, with a month of college football in the books, the rankings of top teams beginning to come clear, too. Uh, they're, they're talking about some teams, uh, overrated and underrated college teams for week five. Of course, uh, you know, even though Florida State's up there in the top five in the country, uh, uh, there's uh, their impressive victory over LSU, but you know they they uh, they Boston College almost took them down just a few weeks ago, and they had a tough battle with Clemson. Of course, right now they're sitting pretty uh, in that course. Mike uh, Norville's squad is undefeated, but they have plenty of teams that have fallen down the rankings even after winning. So Penn State's up there; they're a good football team, uh, taking down uh, Iowa 31 to nothing uh, this past uh, weekend. Meanwhile. Uh, uh, of course, uh, the team now will head to a bye week, I think, uh, Florida State's on. And their next week six game is against Virginia Tech, who's having a poor year. The Noles have number 17, Duke, who's surprising a lot of people. Miami at number 18, and they still have to play uh, the Gators. Uh, they're up to number 22. So time will tell if they're going to hold on to that spot. Tennessee's another team that you wonder if maybe they're overrated a little bit. Their offense uh, was explosive uh, last week over University of Texas in San Antonio. But uh, they got, uh, you know, the, the Vols have South Carolina, A&M, Alabama on this schedule in the next month, and we'll see if they can play themselves back into the top SEC rankings. Uh, underrated teams, as I mentioned, uh, Penn State uh, right now, uh, the way they're playing uh, – they're not overrated. If anything, they're underrated, and uh, they've got just a tremendous team right now up in uh, uh, with the Nittany Lions. Of course, uh, Iowa picked up uh, just four first downs. Penn State had 28 in that game, and uh, they're allowing just a little over eight points a game through the four weeks, and they haven't even come close to taking a loss. Uh, they've just got a tremendous squad up there finally. Uh, uh, they'll have a big battle, though, as they take on Ohio State in a few weeks uh, I think uh, that game should be uh, pretty much deciding uh, part of the Big Ten's division. Elsewhere, Missouri, they, they kind of surprised me, Missouri. Uh, they've uh, they've played down to its competition against uh, Middle Tennessee State and Memphis. But week three victory over Kansas State Wildcats, they're going to propel Tennessee. They, got, they still have Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, and Oregon State to play by no means. We can say that a legitimate contender, but they have played a few times in the SEC championship game uh, representing the uh, East, believe it or not. And uh, they've got a quarterback, Brady Cook, running back Cody Schrader, and wide receiver Luther Burden III could give Mizzou a chance to win any game on their schedule. Meanwhile, the Kansas Jayhawks, they've been a surprise team. Uh, just, uh, just a few years ago, they couldn't beat anyone, but yet the Jayhawks have not won more than six games in a season since 2008. In fact, Kansas has won three or four fewer games in 12 of its last 13 seasons. Uh, they won six games last year, and this Kansas team is led by head coach Lance Leopold, who could be the best Jayhawks squad since it's 12 in one year. Wasn't that when West, uh, the old Notre Dame uh, coach, was at Kansas for a while in 2007? And it's easy to discredit wins over Illinois, Nevada, BYU, but that's a tougher game, Power 5 conference. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, they could be a surprise team. Uh, of course, the number three Texas Longhorns. Uh, uh, finally, we're seeing them playing uh, competitive football. So uh, a lot of teams overrated, underrated. Uh, we'll see how uh, Florida State, along with Kansas and uh, others, Missouri, uh, 
as the season wears on. So uh, in the meantime, of course, uh, a lot of football on this weekend. We've got a little bit more to talk about, uh, possibly a unionization of uh, an Ivy League school, looking for uh, players to unionize. And today in sports history, we'll be back with more here on Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, September 26th. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Jacob Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com celebrating 75 years in business danos has been setting the standard for generations become a part of something bigger and join the team we're currently hiring for drivers warehousemen riggers crane operators and forklift operators to work out of port fouchon so apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS great jobs great people that's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday. And, uh, you know, Northwestern uh, University up in Evanston, Illinois, thought about doing this a few years back. And uh, Dartmouth College wants to unionize. Ivy League, of course, isn't a likely a candidate to sit at the Epic Center of college sports, but uh, the actions of 15 young men up in New Hampshire have thrust uh, it there nonetheless. Uh, meanwhile, Dartmouth, Dartmouth's men's basketball teams filed a petition to unionize, becoming the first college team to seek employment status since Northwestern's football team failed uh, that attempt in 2015. If successful, players will be considered employees of the university. What they want is uh, our common motivation is to improve our own working conditions and catalyze uh, the transformation of college sports into a less exploitative business. Two players wrote this week in the school's newspaper that the two primary issues that like address is Dartmouth players believe they should be compensated with hourly wages uh, like other student employees and their health care costs stemming from sports-related injuries should be covered by the school. The age of amateurism and uh, the brazen exploitation of uh, the athletes' uh, labor should be over, they wrote. It's time for a new model for collegiate sports United States to be built. And this time it could be different. Northwestern's attempt failed in part because they were the Big Ten's lone private school. The National Labor Relations Board, which only uh, applies to the private employers, argue that if one Big Ten school had the ability to collectively bargain, all of them should. In Dartmouth's case, all eight Ivy League schools are private, and this is the latest effort more forcibly to pop the NCAA's amateurism buzzer, uh, bubble, which, account, uh, which began to burst in 2021 with the birth of the NIL era and the Supreme Court's unanimous ruling in the NCAA versus Alston. Of course, in the Alston's decision, the Supreme Court ruled that the NCAA strict rules limiting certain compensation for student athletes violated the antitrust law. Earlier this year, the National uh, Labor Relations Board designated USC athletes as employees. 
as a in a complaint filed against uh, USC, the Pac-12, and the NCA uh, with a hearing set uh, for November. Anyway, the little fish with the big impact. It's ironic that you have billions of dollars flowing through college football, and it might be a little Dartmouth College basketball program that upends the systems. Of course, uh, Tulane sports law professor Gabe Feldman, one of the more renowned sports professors uh, uh, in law, uh, told uh, Yahoo Sports, uh, uh, Ross Dellinger system, Tulane sports uh, law professor told him that uh, it, all this could possibly take place now, and uh, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on that uh, with that November ruling comes out. Uh, but the unionization, the NIL, college uh, sports, the times, they are changing, as they say. Anyway, today in sports history here on Big uh, Tuesday, September 26th, back in 1861, believe it or not, folks, the first British Open men's golf at Pestwick Country Club, Tom Morris beats uh, Willie Park by four strokes. Back in 1908 in this day, uh, Chicago Cubs' uh, Ed Ruleback becomes the only pitcher to throw a doubleheader shutout. He pitched both games, winning 3-0 and 5-0 over the Dodgers in Brooklyn. Elsewhere in this day, 1921, Babe Ruth hits homers 57 and 58 to beat the Indians 8-7. I think he went on to hit 59 that year in 21. Also in 1926, the shortest doubleheader ever. The Yankees lose 6-1 in 72 minutes and lose again 62 in 55 minutes and not any game to the Browns. Of course, the Yankees had already clinched the pennant. On this date, 1947, Happy Chandler announces that Ford and Gillette will sponsor the World Series. Also in 1948, the Braves win their first National League championships at the Miracle Braves way back in 1914. Also in this date, 1952, the Yankees clinched their fourth straight and 19th AL pennant, beating the uh, A's, uh, Philadelphia 5-2. Also in this date, 1953, shortstop Billy Hunters smashes the final home run in St. Louis Browns history in a 6-3 loss to the White Sox at Bush Stadium, which was Sportsman's Park at the time. Meanwhile, the next year, the Browns moved to Baltimore to become the Orioles. Also in this date, 1954, the A's defeat the Yanks 8-6. to In the last game, the franchise will play in Philadelphia. Of course, uh, Connie Mack had sold the team. They moved it to Kansas City for the 55 season. Also in this date, 1954, Yogi Berra plays in his only game at third base, mind you. Mickey Mantle also plays at shortstop. Of course, the Yankees didn't clinch the pennant that year. The Cleveland did. Now, what did Cleveland have? 111 wins that year, I do believe. They went on to lose the World Series to the Giants. So, Willie Mays made that famous catch, if you can recall, of Vic Wirtz. Meanwhile, 1959, the Milwaukee Braves. Warren Spahn becomes the winningest National League lefty pitcher. He ended up, I think, uh, with 363 wins during his career. Carlton's second, I think, at 329. Elsewhere in 1961, Roger Maris hits his 60th homer off of Jack Fisher, tying Babe Ruth record course he had the asterisk on it uh that the commissioner had put on him but uh maris comes back uh, to hit number 61 off tracy stallard uh, the last uh, sunday in the year also uh roger maris also hit off new iberia's own terry fox number 58 a lot of people don't realize that elsewhere in this day 1962 the dodgers shortstop maury wills becomes the first player in major league history to steal 100 bases en route to 104 Elsewhere in this date, 1971, Jim Palmer becomes the fourth Oriole pitcher to win 20 games. The other three, Mike Cuellar, uh, um, uh, McAnally, Dave McAnally, and Pat Dobson. Uh, good trivia question. 1978, the New York District Court judge Constance Baker Motley rules that women's sports writers cannot be banned from the locker room. Boy, big issue that popped up uh, over 40 years ago. Elsewhere in this day in 1993, the Indians win their last game in Cleveland Stadium, Municipal Stadium, beating the Brewers 6-4. Of course, the next year they head over to Jacobs Field. Also in this date, 1996, San Francisco Giants, Barry Bonds is the second player to hit 40 homers and steal 40 bases. And the first man to do it, Jose Canseco. Also in 2004, Canadian runner Ed Whitlock, at 73 years of age, becomes the first person over 70 to complete a marathon in under three hours. Hats off to him. Two hours, 54 minutes, and 48 seconds in the Toronto Marathon. Birthdays today. Uh, Born on this day, 1966. Ironhead Haywood. Craig Ironhead Haywood, the fullback for the Saints. Of course, Ironhead passed away in 2006. Made the Pro Bowl one year. Born in Pas- uh, Pasac. 
Passaic, uh, New Jersey. Meanwhile, also born on this day in 1981, Serena Williams, tennis great, 23 Grand Slams, born in Saginaw, Michigan. Also born on this, uh, dying on this date, uh, was Byron Nelson, a golfer, won five major titles, a record 19 tournaments, I do believe in 45, 44, he won 11 or 12 in a row. Uh, tournaments, that is, golf tournaments, dies of a blood disorder at 94. Also passing away on this date, auto racer and team owner, Paul Newman passed away on this date. Of course, Newman got into the auto racing uh, later on and also acting. Uh, Paul Newman died of lung cancer. I, I think the acting first. Oh, yes. Yeah. But he did do a, he did, was creditable uh, in auto racing. And, and he was a, a fine hockey player That's in right. Slap Shot, That's uh, right. one of the best sports movies of all time. That's right. Uh, died of lung cancer at 83. I think his wife is still alive to this day. Joanne Woodward, uh, the two of them had the most amazing Hollywood uh, yeah. w- uh, marriage. That's uh, right. Uh, that it lasted as long as it did and was as special as it was. I, I'm a huge Paul Newman fan. Also, another kind of sports-related movie, The Hustler. Paul that's right. Newman that's what the start in. Pool, uh, yeah. yeah. Joanne Woodward was an LSU beauty back in, I want to say, the early 50s. Also, the quote of the day, uh, I'll go back to Satchel Page. You know, uh, he said, it got so bad that I could nip the frosting off a uh, cake with a fastball. <laughs> Satchel Page, who played in major leagues, I believe, at the age of uh, 65 or somewhere in there, pitching three scoreless innings, I think, for the Kansas City team back in the day. So uh, Satchel Page, famous line was, don't look behind you. Someone may be gaining on you. <laughs> Satchel Page. Anyway, Jeff, that's today in sports history here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Apparently, uh, one last note, uh, LSU's Kim Mulkey apparently had a heart procedure, accidentally found she had a little numbness at the tip of a finger combined with a curiosity resulted in her having a potentially life-saving heart procedure this past summer. Uh, There's more on that, ESPN uh, reporting that this morning, but uh, she had two stents put into a coronary artery that had a 95 to 99% blockage. Whoa. Good, good lesson. People, listen to your body. It's talking to you. That's and right. um, when something is weird, have it checked out, uh, to say the least. Yeah. Anyway, good, so, good, good on her part. Uh, we, we, she could have been a history uh, moment. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But again, women's basketball just uh, back underway uh, at uh, LSU. 12, almost 13 minutes after, big thanks to our sponsors and guest, Terry Martin. Lauraville head coach, appreciate him joining us as he does on Tuesday mornings. He also joins me Saturday mornings on the uh, Sports Corner following Friday Night Football. And uh, also thanks to our sponsors, again, the Schwing Insurance Agency, Gainrow Golf and Turf Club, the Hedigan Payne Center, L.A. Classic Roofing, and Jacob Landry, candidate for State Rep District 49.